It's Cardboard Time, episode number 61, and I'm your host, Arwen Kathke. Well, it's been a bit. My recovery is going very well. I am glad that I took some time to recover, recoup a bit, make sure that we got moved in correctly. Uh, We still have a lot to do uh, on the moving front, but as far as recovery goes, definitely getting better. So I'm glad that I took that time for myself. It was very much needed. And that said, I've missed all of you. I am so incredibly happy to be back chatting with you all. And I cannot wait to catch everybody up on what's been going on. So on today's episode, we are going to be discussing Fantasy Realms and Marvel Remix, along with Dungeons, Dice, and Danger. And I'm going to be getting back into a little bit of what I've been doing while I've been recovering and scratching that gaming itch a little bit. So, and we need to check the shelf of shame. It has been a little bit. Uh, I am up by four games. Again, kind of busy recovering from surgery, so not a whole lot of time to play stuff, uh, and a lot of things came in. So let's catch you up on that. I am up to 151. Unfortunately, that is above the 150 mark. I wish I was below. Hopefully soon that'll be a little bit lower. Uh, That is up by four. 12 games acquired. Uh, The first one was Legacy of You. That came in as a Kickstarter. I did get a chance to play that solo. Uh, It's a solo-only game, and um, very impressed so far with what I've seen, uh, but can't really give it a good, fair shake quite yet. Uh, I did get to play and buy Earth. I played it initially on Board Game Arena and then proceeded to purchase it. Uh, Kind of like an amped-up wingspan is the best way that I can really describe Earth. Uh, Really enjoying that so far. It's it's very much um, my speed. Uh, Joan of Arc, the Orléans uh, Draw and Write. That is a game where you're picking chits out of a bag like Orleans, but everybody is sharing those chits and then uh, using those to take their actions. So another verb and right. Um, I did enjoy my first uh, couple games of it. We'll see how that plays with more people. I did only get it to the table solo. Um, I don't think that it's really going to replace Orleon for me, uh, but it is a little bit more portable form. Um, my Orleon box is incredibly heavy with all the upgrade components and metal coins and that because I do love that game. Uh, Tekenu, Obelisk of the Sun, was a purchase that I made. Um, I needed a little bit for free shipping. Uh, I had a I think it was birthday present uh, that I needed to get Allie, and uh, I needed some additional uh, purchase for free shipping, so that's what I opted to do. I've had my eye on that one for quite a bit. And Distilled came in from a Kickstarter. Excited to get that one to the table. Uh, Planting Evidence is another Kickstarter that I'm very excited to get out and try, as well as Darwin's Journey. What a heck of a box, Uh, very, very heavy. Um, And I haven't even punched that one out yet. Uh, Suspects is a review copy that I got from Hachette. And um, kind of in that uh, detective escape room type genre, 
uh, three adventures to go through and looking forward to trying that one out. It looks very interesting. Uh, Steam Up came to my door finally. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to Hot Banana Games. Uh, they were awesome uh, in getting me a replacement copy. Um, you know, once I moved, address changes are a big thing. And there's a lot of Kickstarters that either get locked out or you forget about them or, um, you know, something happens that you don't quite get your address changed in time. And then you have to play the runaround of trying to redirect everything. And I redirected my initial shipment to a local CVS that's, that's right by me. And they could never find the package <laughs> that this came in. And, uh, you know, it mysteriously went missing. Although, you know, UPS basically said, hey, it's there. We know that it's there. And I said, well, you know, why don't you come find it for us? <laughs> because we certainly can't. Um, but Hot Banana Games was awesome in uh, getting me a replacement. Uh, they reached out to me and said, hey, you know, this thing's at CVS. Are you going to pick it up? And I said, well, I tried before my surgery. Nobody could find it. And they did ship out a completely new box. So um, much appreciation to them for getting me a replacement copy. Uh, looking forward to getting some dim sum and then playing some steam up afterwards. We've got a great little place uh, called Liwa that's up in the Cleveland area. And I think that would make for a perfect little Sunday. Uh, Kim Joy's Magic Bakery I received as a Christmas gift and didn't count it. Uh, we were going through and moving some things, and I said, I don't think that I counted this on my list, and I was correct. Uh, and then finally, Pocketbook Adventures uh, was one that came in that I've also already played. I think that stayed on the shelf of shame a record low amount of time. Uh, as soon as that came in, I pulled it out and it came with a number two pencil, brought it out to the table, read through the instructions and got to it very quickly. Uh, so I was very, very uh, happy that that came and really enjoying that so far. And then uh, a couple of games that uh, I did get to play uh, that were previously on the shelf, uh, Welcome to the Moon. I did play a few scenarios of that while I was recovering, uh, and Senate as well. Uh, that I played on BGA, and not the, the world's biggest fan of <laughs> Senate, uh, to say the least. It's an older game. It's a, it's a very much older game. Uh, is probably the best way that I could put it. But um, yeah, just not really my speed so much. So uh, Senate, not a not a huge hit in my household. And then uh, finally, Marvel Remix, which is a game that we'll be talking about today, like right now. So why don't we get into it? Uh, the review section for today, let's get into Fantasy Realms and Marvel Remix. Now, Fantasy Realms was a 2017 release, with Marvel Remix being a 2022 release. Uh, both were designed by Bruce Glasgow. Uh, the art for Fantasy Realms was by Anthony Cornoyer and Octographics. Uh, there's no artist listed for uh, Marvel Remix. And then these were published by WizKids. And the description for Fantasy Realms is kind of what I'm going with. 
um, you know, to describe both of them because they're pretty much the same system. Uh, so as ruler, it's up to you to build the mightiest realm in the world. Will you choose to follow military tactics and sweep away all in your path with a massive army? Will you turn towards sorcery and control an inaccessible island surrounded by impenetrable flames? The choice is yours, and no two realms will ever be the same in Fantasy Realms, a combo-licious card game. Fantasy Realms takes seconds to learn, draw a card, discard a card, though you can draw from the deck or the discard area. Make the best hand that you can by making the best combos. The game ends when 10 cards are in the discard area. Aim for the highest score to win. So really the trick with this game is the fact that you have this hand of cards and you're basically trying your best to acquire cards that are going to make it better and discard cards that are really hindering it. Um, so you're trying to make the best combos possible, really trying to make you know all the cards score off of each other as much as you can, um, and, and try to get the highest score. Fantasy Realms was a review copy, and I did buy Remix after, so that should kind of tell you a little bit of a spoiler about what I think about these games. Um, you know, so Remix kind of the theme hit a little bit better with me and I saw a lot of people playing it. I know uh, Tabletop Express was definitely indulging in it a little bit at PAX Unplugged. So I was a little bit jealous and picked it up for myself. Uh, I do love the gameplay flow of both. Creating combos is super satisfying to me. So any game that I'm going to be able to create combos and discover synergies is is really very satisfying and cool. Um, but this is a very much make do with what you have game. So analyzing your hand at the beginning, figuring out what you can do. Maybe that'll change a little bit during the play of the game. You know, you might have a couple of different possibilities that you're leaning towards, but it's very much an emergent type game where you're looking at what you have and then saying, okay, what can I do with this? How can I utilize it? And then kind of playing off of that. I do really also like the ability, and I've said this on previous podcasts, but controlling the pace of the game uh, by either pulling from the deck or the discard. So if you're pulling from the deck, you're getting to that 10 cards in the discard pile faster. Uh, whereas if you pull from the, the discard, it's going to slow the game down a little bit. So your ability to kind of control that flow is always really cool to me. I always really like that. I do find that this game plays better at lower player counts. Higher player counts can really leave you stuck with only a couple of chances to improve your hand, uh, where that lower player count gives you the ability to control things a little bit more and, and give you a little bit more time. Uh, so, you know, by the time that it gets around to you, especially with like a six player game, uh, it can be, <laughs> it can be kind of frustrating, especially if you're that last player, uh, to get in and, and really improve your hand. So I like that smaller player count for this, um, you know, and, and I will say that that kind of leads into suffering from somebody potentially having a, a inherently better draw. So they get a hand of cards that works really well with each other. They don't have to do much to improve it. Um, as opposed to somebody who's kind of drawing dead, they've only got like a couple of cards that work with each other 
and then they're only going to have a couple of cards at those higher player counts to really try to make something better of their hand. Um, so I will say that that is an issue that I saw. Marvel Remix, to me, uh, it had a much better card layout. So it utilized symbols um, really to denote everything. And the card type was in the top left, uh, along with the points. I thought it was very well displayed. As opposed to the original Fantasy Realms, a lot of that text was small and up on the top that you were trying to read things that uh, the, the text was scoring off of. Um, those, those tended to be up top and in an inconvenient place to, to take a look. So I was, I was really thrilled to see that Marvel Remix really improved on that, had big symbols on the left. Um, you know, the symbols were all different. They were easy to distinguish so that they were uh, color vision friendly. You could see them very easily and you didn't really have a, a hard time distinguishing between those. So, um, you know, just... I think it was a lot easier, you know, to make those decisions a lot more quickly with those symbols too. So you visually see, okay, this is the symbol that I need. I can see it on the card that was discarded. Okay, I'm going to pick that up. Um, and you just keep the gameplay flowing. Or if you draw a card, you can look at the card quickly. Nope, I don't need this and put it down. Um, so the deluxe edition of Fantasy Realms did have a little bit better layout when it came to this, but it was still text-based and I definitely prefer the symbols. Remix also has transforming cards, which are kind of like the civilian identities of heroes transforming based on achieving certain criteria. So uh, for example, Bruce Banner transforming into the Hulk when he gets mad, uh, gives you more points, gives you more symbols. Uh, that is something that I thought was really cool that I didn't see in the original Fantasy Realms. I loved that. I thought that that was great and a very clever, um, very thematic take on the card game. Uh, and then Star Trek Missions uh, kind of utilizes the same system. You know, if that's more your, your theme, if you really like Star Trek, you might want to gravitate towards that a little bit more. But out of what I've seen, out of the three, I think Marvel Remix is going to be kind of my go-to, um, you know, in in those three. Uh, and then last, the the scoring app that Fantasy Realms has is extremely useful. So Fantasy Realms, the points are much higher. Um, they tend to add up quickly, more quickly, I would say. Um, you know, and it's more handy to have that app where you can just say, I have these cards, what's my score? Um, Marvel Remix, as of this recording, doesn't, um, but I also feel like it's much easier to score those cards. You're able to go in and just look at them and count what you have, score the card, move on to the next one. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with a lower point base as opposed to scoring, you know, 17... Uh, you know, 43, uh, 82 points, um, you're scoring like 8, 10, something like that. You know, it, it's a little bit lower. And uh, I do feel like it's an easier to score game. So not as difficult, but it would be nice to have, um, you know, that scoring app that you could just go in, plug the cards that you have in and have it spit out a score. Um, so as far as my final judgment goes, I really do like the gameplay of both. 
Um, but I do feel that Marvel Remix is going to be my go-to in the series. Um, I would like to check out the Star Trek version of this as well, just to see what it does differently. I do like Star Trek as a theme, uh, but probably the way that the cards are designed, I would prefer Marvel Remix over uh, the other two iterations in the series. So I'm probably going to pass the main version of this game off to a friend so that they can play it, they can enjoy it. It's a very good game. Uh, I had a, a lot of fun with it, but I don't see the need to have two different versions of what is essentially pretty much the same game. And I do prefer Marvel Remix. So uh, that is Fantasy Realms and Marvel Remix. And the next game that I want to talk about is one that I played quite a bit when I was recovering, and that is Dungeons, Dice, and Danger from 2022. This was designed by Richard Garfield. The art was by Cam Kendall and published by Aaliyah. Gather your courage, pack your sword, and roll the dice as you journey through the realm in search of treasure and glory. In the Roll and Write game, Dungeons, Dice, and Danger, you explore deep, dark dungeons filled with treasure and infested with monsters. Do you have what it takes to be a hero of legend? On the active player's turn, they roll five dice, four of which are white and one black. The active player is able to use all the dice to make two pairs, with the other players only able to make pairs using the white dice, unless they are able to use a special ability to use the black die. Those pairs are used to cross off rooms in order to get closer to point scoring opportunities deeper in the dungeon. If players can't utilize a pair, they lose a life, and players can be eliminated by losing all of their lives as they are ineligible to win. The game ends when all live players have defeated all the monsters on their sheets. So this was one that I picked up at the PAX U flea market. I had had my eye on it for quite a while and just kind of, you know, any time that I would go to purchase it, something else came up, right? I, I just wanted to you know, pick something else up. I had my sights set on, you know, a heavier game or something like that. And then finally I saw this on the list. I picked it up. I think I paid $10 for it. Uh, T was selling it. So I, I figured, you know what, they are sure to take good care of their games. So, um, wanted to uh, pick this one up and I did. So, um, my favorite part of this by far is the art style. This is a very goofy art style, lots of fun names that are used, hidden items in the background, um, you know, the monster designs are just fun, and I think that's the best way that I can describe this game, is just, it's overall just fun. Um, you're, you're able to go through four dungeons, and they do give a variety of play conditions. Each play's a little bit different, the monsters work differently, uh, the one that really stands out to me is kind of more the puzzly type where you have to go in and, and mark off certain areas before you can get into others. Um, this That was, um, you know, kind of like the third uh, highest difficulty uh, where it was almost more like a maze and a puzzle of where to put all of your numbers so that you could cross them off easily. Um, so I, I thought that that was kind of cool. It was It's hard to describe without seeing it. Um, but I, I did find that the, the easiest two 
were my favorites and kind of the ones I tended to go back to more. I really did like those easier ones a little bit more. And I say easy with quotes, um, you know, because it's just kind of less rules overhead, um, you know, as as far as ease goes. Um, This game can be subject uh, to bad luck, you know, bad rolls you have without much opportunity to change up your luck uh, if you don't have the special skills to do so. Um, This does tend to hit a little bit harder in solo games, I found. In games that you're playing with others, it doesn't hit as hard. Um, So this is an issue that can come up if you're really somebody that is luck-averse and you really want something that's more of a straight-up strategy game, this probably isn't going to be for you. Um, you know, just because of that randomness and just because of all the dice rolls and the fact that you can get very unlucky with this game. Um, the gameplay is very, very easy to teach. And I do feel that this is a good roll and write to teach newer players, especially with the the really fun, uh, dungeon delving theme. It's less serious than, than your normal, uh, you know, standard D&D adventure theme. Um, this, is this I have found, is a very good one to kind of get those newer players engaged and bring them in. Um, you know, and the, the rule set is not heavy. It's very quick, and you can get into uh, a game very easily. Um, I do find also that teaching this game, you can point out the first couple of rounds, okay, here's the different types of pairs of dice that you can make up. So you could cross this space off and you could cross this space off, or you could do this and this, and that's going to help you get to this space faster. Um, you know, and, and just having that ability to kind of go through the first couple of rounds being very low stakes, I think makes the teach on this so incredibly easy. Uh, And then last, there's no color vision issues with this whatsoever, uh, which was a big thing for me. Um, You know, the the dice were very clearly marked about which was which, which you couldn't use, what you could use. Um, So it's very, very easy, Um, you know, and and no um, excluding people from playing this uh, because of the color vision issues. So uh, good on them for for making this accessible. So I think for my final judgment on this one, uh, I was initially kind of considering letting this go from my collection because it's, it's a fairly standard roll and write. It doesn't do anything super different or unique. Um, it is fun, um, but it's not unique in any way it's not like it's going to blow your mind or you know do anything different from what you're going to see uh that's that's out on the market but that said i do find it easy to get to the table solo if i'm under the weather uh which was very applicable uh given recent circumstances uh you know and and hanging out in bed uh playing it on a tray table it's very low footprint Um, I am very glad uh, that I was able to pull this out during my recovery, Uh, you know, play the remaining maps I hadn't and, um, you know, kind of get more of a feel for it. And um, I think I'm going to keep this around a little while longer just for introducing people to a little bit heavier verb and rights. 
again, it, it's not anything that's going to blow your socks off with with what it does different, um, but it does provide an opportunity to really introduce people to uh, verbin rights and, and having a low barrier to entry. So this one's sticking around for a little while longer. And that is Dungeons, Dice, and Danger. Well, stay tuned, because coming up next, I'm going to be discussing gaming while recovering. And welcome back. So, again, like I said up top, recovery did take a little bit longer than I was hoping for, um, but I'm definitely very much well on my way. Uh, I have a ton of stories to tell, uh, quite a few of them not on here. Uh, it was definitely an experience. It was my first surgery that I had uh, that was really inpatient and in the hospital for um, any length of time whatsoever. I've had a, a couple of procedures where, um, you know, it's just been really quick um, or just local. So, um, you know, it, it really was quite a different experience. I didn't know exactly what to expect, but uh, I made it through and I'm here. Um, and I will say that despite the pain, I'm better than I ever have been. I'm happier. Um, I'm more comfortable with myself than I've ever been and zero regrets. Um, you know, that's that's really the, the biggest thing that I can say is I have zero regrets about doing this, and I I am really just so incredibly happy. And it's hard for me to convey that uh, through um, through words on on a microphone, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's just it's been so incredibly nice to uh, you know be at this point in my life. So I was in the hospital for about a week. Um, I thought that I was going to have some good time for gaming. Again, that expectation that I was completely wrong about. Uh, I basically watched TV. I walked around and, and basically took every opportunity that I could to nap. I was having regular nurses visits about every four hours. So they, they kept me up and, and active. Unfortunately, there wasn't a huge amount of time to rest and, and any time that I could uh, take that opportunity to rest, especially in the hospital when I was going in and taking a, a regular dose of medication uh, for pain. It was something that I needed to do, and that didn't leave me a huge amount of time uh, for gaming. So once I, I came home, uh, I did get some time in playing Wingspan, Everdell, and Ensemble on my Switch. Um, I decided that I really do need to get some more time with each on the physical table, especially Istanbul. I really love that game. Um, I think that it's kind of a, a forgotten gem and something I really just enjoy the race aspect to it and trying to beat your opponents to, to getting those gems is just something about it just makes my brain happy. And um, really loved that one and loved uh, playing that uh, on the Switch, but really wish I was playing it at the table with others because I really want to share that experience. Um, and then once I was home, I still really was very much relegated to inclined seating at best. So I could not sit upright. It was way too painful. 
Um, I was warned about that and they said, yeah, you know, you're going to have to sit inclined. And I didn't really know what that truly meant until I had to do it and be relegated to it and not be able to sit upright. And let me tell you, I think that that was... That was one of the biggest pains other than bed rest out of this entire thing. Um, not being able to move around for me during bed rest was absolutely the worst. Um, I am very much somebody that wants to be up and doing things and be active and, and uh, you know, interacting with people. And uh, that was not happening whatsoever, uh, you know, after this and the couple weeks that, that were after this. So... Um, yeah, I, I was seated inclined, um, you know, which was basically less than 45 degrees, I would say, uh, which didn't leave a huge amount of options for me as far as what I could play. Um, you know, it, it made gaming hard. I was really only able to get out games comfortably that I was able to play solo, kind of take my time with try to figure out, you know, okay, how am I going to set this up so that I can see this easily, so I can reach everything easily, because if you're going to reach something, you have to actually physically sit up, you know, past that 30 degree mark. So everything had to be accessible in there. Um, my first game of uh, Welcome to the Moon was incredibly painful. Um you know, I got through it, but I really didn't optimize, uh, you know, my tray table that I had that I'll talk about in a minute. I really didn't optimize that to the to its greatest potential because um, there were really some some neat tricks I learned uh, using it. And maybe someday I'll shoot a video kind of showing how I did things just in case like one person who's going to be going in for surgery really wants to know how to, how to do some solo gaming while they're recovering. Um, but I, I really, I did have a difficult time, um, you know, at that inclined, uh, seating position. Um, so again, I did have this, um, this inclined tray table, I think the game that was easiest for me to play was Dungeons, Dice, and Danger uh, that we just got done talking about. Um, so on this tray table, if you can imagine it, about two-thirds of it props up. So you can actually prop it up and put the table in an incline, which makes everything easier for you. It brings everything a little bit closer. You're able to see everything a little bit easier. You don't have to get up and kind of you know, examine the board, um, you know, as much. And I thought that that was awesome. I was able to use the incline for my sheet and then I was able to have the dice in the dice tray and I was able to see those easily enough. Uh, there was a blind spot in the box that, um, you know, just basically I moved everything, you know, right out and took the dice and, um, you know, basically shifted them to an area that I could see, and that was it. So I uh, got a lot of games of that out to the table. Uh, very happy that I was able to have, you know, something uh, that I could play. So, um, yeah, that was that was kind of my go-to. Um, and then once I learned the nuances of that, I went back to Welcome to the Moon, uh, and I put the three condition cards on the same side, so basically on the very left-hand side, 
of um, you know where that tray table incline was, and then I put the sheet, um, the the dry erase board, basically on the right hand side of the tray table. So I had my conditions there that I could see very easily, um, and then I put the um, the sheet there so I could just mark it off, and then um, my three condition cards I was. Um, or not condition cards, but basically the the three cards that you flip over to to play with and tell you you know what options you have uh, for each round. Those I put on the flat part of the tray table and it worked out great. Um, so really enjoyed that uh, working smarter, uh, not harder, and much less painful. Um, that was good. And then finally, once I was able to sit up a little bit more. I was able to get Legacy of You out on the uh, tray table as well. Um, left a little bit of it in the box. You know, there's a great organization system that you're able to just kind of keep everything very organized. Uh, you put the cards back in the box when you need to. Um, and then I put some of the cards, you know, right next to me on the bed. Um, so that worked out fairly well uh, without too much pain. Um, so I, I think overall this whole experience really made me appreciate a smaller footprint game a little bit more, um, not just a small form factor game. I'm always going on here and, and talking about how I love my little games and how I love the little, you know, button shy, small factor, 18 card games, but those can take up, especially in, in your, um, games of Sprawlopolis, and Agropolis, those are games that can take up a lot of real estate depending on how you build out your cities or your farms or you know whatever um, whatever you're playing. Those can take up a lot of space, and I found that these games that don't, uh, especially Roll and Rights, are are kind of a genre that repeatedly I'm able to go back to. And just have a very small footprint, have everything be very compact, accessible, easy. Um, so that for me, if you're ever in the situation where you're kind of laid up on bed rest and recovering and trying to, uh, you know, get back to things a little bit, you have a little bit of downtime uh, that you're able to occupy with a couple of games. I definitely recommend checking out a game like Dungeon Dice and Danger. Um, you know, or something that's going to be be some sort of verb and write. Uh, a lot of them are going to have a small footprint and take up a small amount of real estate. Um, so definitely, definitely recommend those. But all in all, I'm back to the table. I'm back to uh, gaming with people. I played Point Salad last night. Uh, you know, as as the uh, as I'm recording this. I did get to play Marvel Remix with uh, Jordan and Bernadette. It was a, a game that I really wanted to get to the table. And then we played Rolling Realms right after that. So, um, you know, got a few things to the table so far. Not nearly as much as I'd like, but uh, time's coming up to do that. And uh, very much looking uh, as I recover and as I'm getting back to the table. Um, to those heavier, longer games uh, that I'm able to stand more and uh, be able to sit for longer. Um, 
yeah, definitely long overdue. I've been waiting for months for some of these heavier games. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my experience. But again, just so happy to to be here, be be back and feeling good, um, you know, and and still recovering, but at the same time, just so incredibly happy. I can't express that enough. And um, yeah, so. I think we're going to call it at that before I ramble on any more. I'm just so, so happy to uh, be talking to you and, uh, you know, be uh, be back at the mic. It's uh, it's a good feeling. And I was asked a couple of times, actually, one one was my mom uh, and then uh, somebody else had asked me, you know, do you miss it? Do you, you know, still want to do it after all this time and you've taken a break? Uh, what's ultimately been uh, almost two months at this point. Um, and definitely since my last recording, it's been over two months. Um, and I absolutely missed it. I absolutely miss talking about games. I love doing this. I love interacting with everybody and, and hearing what everybody else thinks. Um, you know, about my thoughts, uh, right or wrong. So, um, glad to be here back with all of you. Uh, so with that said, you can check out cardboardtime.com. Uh, our Instagram and Twitter is at cardboard underscore time and any questions, suggestions, or ideas for discussion topics, please email cardboardtime at gmail.com. Uh, just an announcement, I will be at Origins this year. I will not be at Gen Con this year. Uh, I basically had to pick one of the two uh, because I'm recovering and because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to get back into the, into the flow of things. Going to Origins and then turning around and going to Gen Con was not going to work. Um you know, and, and Origins was the easier convention for me to navigate. I'm able to stay a lot closer to the convention center. Um, this year, I'm I'm basically right there. And Gen Con, I was not. And there's no real guarantee that you can get right next to the convention center. And there's things I have to do now that require me to be very close. Um, you know, take naps, uh, just kind of take it easy, recoup relax. Um, and yeah, I just couldn't do that at Gen Con. So unfortunately for those who were looking forward to having me there, I will not be there. Uh, but I will be at Origins. So if you're going to Origins, please let me know. Let's meet up. Let's hang out, play some games, grab dinner, drinks, whatever. Um, you know, it's, it's usual. Uh, don't be afraid to stop me or, you know, if I'm with Jamie, um, if I'm with anybody, don't be afraid to stop me and say hi, because, you know, that's why we do this hobby. We, we like to share and we like to share those experiences. So as always, thanks again for listening and we'll see you around the table in two weeks for another episode of Cardboard Time. <laughs>